Welcome to the Design Doctor Podcast, where we talk about how to decorate, remodel, or build a home without losing your mind. I'm your host, Krisha Palmer, physician turned interior designer and life coach. So come on in and have a seat. Let's talk. Hey friends, welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited about our special guest today. I have Marina Case here with me to talk all about her interior design business and especially focusing on older homes and historic homes. Marina and I met in a interior design mastermind that we're both in. She is the owner and principal designer at The Red Shutters, an interior design firm in New York State. She designs both residential and commercial spaces and has a special interest in historic homes. She has even designed the spa at Glenmere Mansion, which was named one of the top 100 places in the world to visit by Departures Magazine and was even highlighted in the New York Times, which is so cool. So welcome to the podcast. I'm really happy to have you here, Marina. Thank you, Krishna. I'm delighted to be here. So excited. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to talk, I want to pick your brain. So anytime I have a guest on the podcast, I'm always thinking, you know, what do my listeners want to know about? And I love the fact that you have this interest. I mean, you design all all types of spaces, but it seems like you have this particular interest in older homes, historic homes. You're in New York State. There's a ton of history. So I want to talk a little bit about that. But before we dive in, can you just tell us a little bit about your interior design business and kind of what you do in that? Yes, we um, have. Uh, we were originally based in Warwick, New York, and about a year ago, I moved up to Hudson, New York, which is along the Hudson River, very historic area in the Hudson Valley, and. I also work out of Martha's Vineyard, which is off the coast of Cape Cod in Massachusetts. So lots of exposure to historic homes. And my projects vary, like you said, from commercial to residential. And we love to use bold color. I often say that I, I've i been hanging around with Southern women for a while in our masterminds, and I've been heavily influenced, I think, by that. Um, but I also <laughs> have become, you know, I I, I love to take my skills that I have with color and really execute them in a way that makes a big difference in a project. So it's nice to have those skills at this point in my life and be able to offer that to my clients. So wonderful. That's so, that's so, um, so interesting. So you design, you do work with a lot of historic homes and places. So my first question is um, for you, is there a difference in the way you approach a historic home versus a home that's just older? We all have homes in our neighborhoods that are built in the 40s or the 50s that are older homes, but they're not necessarily considered historic. Is there a difference in the way you approach those two? I would say yes and no. It's a complex answer, right? So yes, from the standpoint, um, I might give a historic home a little bit of freshness that I might not think about as much in a sort of modern new build. Um, I might want to be sure I'm contrasting the old home and giving it new life for the people or the family that lives there. Um, 
But as far as we have a process, and that process is always to have our clients um, share images with us. I tell them it's their only real homework, which is to go to Pinterest and create boards for each room we're working on or house and create idea boards for each room we're working on. Once I see those, we're like we're off and running. And um, sometimes I have to help the customers gather those, but usually they're excited to do the work actually. So, um, and that's our process. And then um, the next level of our process is to, we have a formula in our firm, which is to combine traditional, modern, global, and fun elements. And whether I'm designing historic or not, that is my formula. And I find it to be very successful. Um, in terms of people being able to relate to others with that formula, right? So you you can have traditional elements, modern elements, global, which are things uh, made by the people or crafts by the people or mm-hmm. and then um, fun, which is always like unexpected, whimsical, strong color, something that is just and I find combining those four iconic design styles really elevates our work and brings us to another level. So I love to do that. That I love that description. Yeah. And it's funny because when I look at your portfolio online, I can actually see that reflected in your interior. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the Glenmere project, especially that you brought up, um, that was a historic Carrera and Carrera and Hastings mansion. Um, And they really were one of the most important architects of that turn of the century period. And uh, they were right up there with Stanford White and uh, McKimmead White, I should say. And um, and all the great architects of the turn of the century. So that Italianate mansion, we took that and really infused that formula of traditional modern global fun and connected. We knew that they would be having many international customers. So I wanted it to be able to connect to everybody. And it really came out amazing. And like you said, we were so excited to be featured by Departures magazine. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. So are there... Um, are there resources available to help someone if they're looking for, let's just say that they have a historic home and they're kind of doing things on their own and they want to make it fresh and new, but kind of stay true to the context and the period of the home? Are there resources that they could access for that to learn more about that? I would I would actually encourage them to go to my website and download a freebie that I offer, which is called um, Three Tips for Modern Living in a Historic Home. And it's a very, it's a comprehensive guide on how to live today in a historic home. And everything is in there that you would need to know, which includes how to incorporate technology, um, what technology to, to bring on what not to compromise um, in a historic home, you know, where to be careful, like don't remove the old wide moldings around the doors. I don't want you right. doing that kind of thing. Please <laughs> Those no. beautiful moldings. Please no, right. Or, um, um, you know, old doors. What do you do about that? What do you mm-hmm. do about old hardware? Does that stay or does that go? Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I offer what you should restore or redecorate in an older home. And then I offer all kinds of decorating tips to really give it a fresher vibe. So yeah, that's so interesting. I wish I had had that back when I've lived in a historic home myself. We were talking about this earlier and it was before I got my design degree. It was kind of at the beginning when I just started back school. So I didn't know you know, anything. I hadn't taken my historic preservation class (laughs) yet. And so um, we lived in this older home and thankfully it had been really well maintained and had most all of the original fixtures. But one question that I had at the time 
was lighting, right? Because in all these older historic homes, there's one light in the center of the room, if that, and nothing else. And then I was in design school learning, oh, you know, how important lighting was. And I was like, well, how do I go back and make the lighting in this home functional? To me, it would seem weird to put recessed cans, you know, in one of these homes. So let's, and you don't have to tell, tell about all your tips and your freebie, but could you just speak to that? Like if someone's in sure. this situation. Right. With lighting. That yeah. is a great question, actually. And so it depends on um, how far you want to get into it. Right. So um, if you have plaster ceilings, retrofit, and you're not going to rip those out, which I, most people don't. Um, I don't know that I would get into trying to incorporate, you know, to add those. However, if you have a really good electrician, and I was very lucky, I lived in a house in Warwick, New York for 15 years, and I had a great electrician who could snake and wire things. And here and there, I needed some added light. So I didn't do a full on lighting plan like you would in a new build. But I did add it in key places, like in my library, in front of the bookcases, that sort of thing, or in a, a hall that I felt was a little dark. So I went around the house slowly over that period, uh, being there 15 years. And every year I added a little bit of lighting and it made a big difference in the end. So if you have the right electrician, you can do that. The other thing is that um, my partner specializes in taking down historic homes and putting them back up, right? So he'll go to New Hampshire or Vermont, he'll he'll rescue an older home. He will catalog it, take everything down beam by beam. Um, and we're working on a project right now at Churchtown Dairy here in uh, near Hudson, New York. And that house, the farmhouse we're working on there, uh, is was taken down in New Hampshire and then put up back up piece by piece. Now, and in doing that, he can do a full on lighting plan, right? So mm -hmm. because the plaster has to be completely redone, he can add the cans. Right. Um, so in that case, yes, yeah. we, we did a full on lighting plan. But um, in general, it's more like sneak it in. Do you have a good electrician? Right. That sort of thing. Yeah. And then I, you know, in the period, especially, let's say, in England, in the early 20th century, 1920s, 30s, you would have seen a lot of table and lamp lighting, right? Yeah. We we evolved from going from candlelight to whale oil light to eventually lamps. And so lots of lamps in that period. So the beautiful classically designed and one of my favorite periods in history is English decorating in that, in that turn of the century time from, say... Um, 1850 to 1940, that period mm -hmm. in England, you would have used a lot of lamps. And that's what I ended up doing in my historic home. I was like, I'm just going to add a lot of lamps. Let me ask you while we're on that topic. Um, I have another question. We had plaster walls. Um, I lived in an area where there were several historic homes on the registry there. And uh, all of our walls were plaster. And I had a neighbor who also had the same same situation and they ended up getting rid of all the plaster walls and drywalling everything what are, what are your thoughts on that well um my partner who's an expert in his historic homes would probably shriek to hear that but you know there it's you know i think i have i've learned in my work that i have tremendous respect for what a homeowner brings to the table and their own experiences and if that is something they were more comfortable with then i understand mm -hmm. it um and, yeah. you know, I have seen homes on Martha's Vineyard in Nantucket, which are some of the 
most beautiful coastal homes in the country go down to the studs and get completely redone. And, you know, at that point, you're going to think about what materials you're going to use that are going to be best for, you know, the next as you know, you really become the, the caretaker of that home or the the steward of that home. And you want to think about what's best for that home long term for the next 100 or 200 years. I feel like in lots of these situations, and when I was living in that home, I often felt torn. Like I have this deep respect. And I mean, this house had was built in 1911. It had stood the test of time. We still had all the original hardwood floors. They were we had them refinished, but they were beautiful. Um, So it's like a balance between that and actually keeping it comfortable and functional for your family living now. So, right, right. One with going back to lighting too a little bit, one trick I play a lot is to use torchier lights, which are those lights that shoot up on the ceiling and they're at Target for $20, $20, right? They can, they make a whole room glow, just Uh one. They're often, they're even often used in museums to light up the rooms because they don't have the the, the lighting and they usually can't afford to relight the whole place. Yeah, no, that's a great, great tip. So um, we've touched on this a bit, but I want to dive in a little bit deeper to what are the things that you, the specific things you think about, like if you're, if you're approaching up an older home or particularly with something that has some historic value um, in terms of like your way of looking at things, what are you considering specifically? Well, I'm looking at what needs to be, um, you know, what, what, what are the goals of the homeowner? And then, you know, what needs to be freshened up? Do we need to repaint everything and give it a fresh, crisp coat of paint, which we'll do a lot in the end for historic home. Um, I often will add quite a bit of wallpaper because the wallpaper adds a dimension that you just can't get otherwise and really takes an older home and makes it look very fresh. Um, right. So to put it maybe in a foyer where you're wanting to welcome people or to put it behind a bed wall to create an accent wall or to put it in the bathrooms where you'll make the room seem so much more interesting and larger when you add wallpaper. So those are some key things we like to do. Yeah. For older homes, let's just talk about older homes for a minute. So say it's not historic. Let's just say, you know, you buy an older home that was built in 1950. It's dated. It needs remodeling. And I think a lot of people find themselves in this position where they go in, they have an older home, maybe they don't have the budget for a complete remodel. So I often see people posting on Facebook, I just want to do a facelift. And so a good example would be, here's my kitchen. I just want to maybe replace the countertops and the backsplash. Um, and not go further than that, just because of budget considerations and maybe down the line, we'll do a complete remodel. What are your thoughts on that? What advice would you have to somebody or would you give to someone in that situation? Yeah, I mean, I would say that the budget is the largest consideration, right? If you go down to the studs, you're in for big money. Um, But to to take an older home and then give it a freshness, I would do it with refinishing the floors, like you said, or if they're fine, great. But that can make a big difference. It can make a home feel very clean and fresh. And repainting the walls, adding wallpaper, sneaking in lights where you can, you know, maybe to just, you know, like I did in my older home, um, and just adding a little bit of light in various places. Um 
but doing windows, which are very costly, for example, and then instead of spending money on the windows, maybe you're spending money on lined fabric treatments to make the rooms mm-hmm. feel warmer um, instead right. of replacing the windows, which today are very expensive. And yes. they either get all, all new windows, which to an older home is questionable. You know, do I really want to get all new windows or do I restore the older windows? Mm-hmm. And you can restore older windows, but it's a fortune. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, you love the wavy glass and all that. And I had this in my older home. I never replaced the windows because mm-hmm. the windows were so incredibly gorgeous. Yeah. But in the wintertime, the wind came through and it wasn't the most efficient house, um, Uh you know, energy wise, but I didn't care. I just let it go because I loved it. And thankfully somebody great bought my house now so they can, um, they're slowly taking on the the window issue. But, um, and then there's also the electrical um, again, like, you know, you can do what you can, but to, to replace it all is obviously very costly. We still had that old knob and tube electrical in in our older house and it it was fine. We had it evaluated. It was safe. So we just, we just kept it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I see that a lot. And I think that, you know, I often think about resale when I'm doing projects. So I think you do everything you can to really make sure you have great resale and that you're safe. Like you said, that everything is safe. Safety is number one for us as designers. So yeah. Yeah, 100%. So for the person who buys an older home or even historic home that has really a more modern personal aesthetic, what advice would you give them? Because I know you want to stay true to, you know, what you like and what you don't like, but we, you know, we learn in, when we study interior design about context and how important context is. And one of the reasons I asked this is that the older home that we moved into, um, one of the previous older, that they had all their original fixtures, but one of the previous owners had had a really modern style and had all these super modern light fixtures installed in this 1911 craftsman and i can imagine that it really looked off you know so it it, once again it's finding that balance but what advice would you give to someone who you know for whatever reason location or budget considerations buys an older home but there's like super modern and edgy okay so that's a great question actually and I would say with lighting, which you brought up, which is really important, that I would not go so modern. I would get, you know, be a little more transitional and a little clean and maybe even traditional with the lighting, more not so extreme, right? But I do still go back to my formula where I believe you're working for the customer and you're really discerning. Uh, and we take, you know, traditional, modern, global, and fun and actually put percentages on them. So if somebody wants, you know, 25% traditional and 50% modern and then the rest of the percentages on the other two categories. I respect that and they're living there. And I feel like as designers, um, especially with the experience that we have, um, that you really can pull it off in a tasteful way as long as you you know what they want to accomplish. I have seen many historic homes, say, for example, in Provincetown, Massachusetts, which is at the tip of the Cape. Uh, gentlemen's homes where they they have extremely modern taste, but they're in these historic homes. So maybe the modern is in a chair or in the sofa, um, and they're doing mid-century in that house. It still can come off, but they're leaving enough historical traditional elements to balance it out. So I think it's a balance. 
And I think so many of us as designers offer great packages today that are very affordable. So if you do nothing else, hire us as a consultant. I, you know, I know you have packages. I have a one hour package, a four hour, and then a 12 hour, and then I'm, we're into full service. But that one, four and 12 hour package is a great way to help um, obtain the balance that you'll need to do a historic home. So I think um, it's well worth engaging a designer um, and, and just to have someone to bounce things off of. So I'm a big believer in that. And a lot of it comes with experience. It's like, you know, homes are like DNA. There's, there's like a different <laughs> setup for each home. So, and then you want to match the personality of the people living there and you want them to feel great about it. Right. So Right. It needs to resonate with them in a really personal way. Right. They have to feel good. Right. If, and if they've hired you, you've already established that they like your taste. So you're going to guide them along and pull them in a direction. Right. You have a good sense of scale and color. And now you're going to incorporate their ideas that come from their boards or, or idea books. And you're going to bring that in. Mm -hmm. And this is an area I love the fact that you're saying like it can be done like we, you can't even if you're living in a historic and older home and your taste is more mid-century modern or whatever like those can be melded together in a really creative beautiful way but I will say it's not easy right. It's not easy. And that's why I always like that would be the one situation where I'm like, even like even even if you just hire a designer for an hour consult, get some advice because it's not exactly it's not easy to do. Um, and it takes somebody that's really done it a lot and has a lot of experience to bring that together successfully. Right. It's 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 having that that knowledge and background. And I think it's really important to engage help unless you're a natural at it. And there are a lot of people that are great at it. But in general, I think it's more fun to just hire a designer if you can anyway, right? Even if it's for yeah. an hour, like you said, because you you yeah. bounce ideas off them, you create energy for the project. It's just super fun that way. All right. So what about, um, I know that there are some tax incentives. I just, we um, used this when we did some of our renovations to our home. And I didn't know if you know more about this, about tax incentives when you're actually doing work on historic homes that are on the registry. I think they have to be on the one of the historic registries. I think it varies state by state. So that's a pretty, uh, you know, lengthy answer in terms of, I'd have to do research depending on the state they're in. But um, capital improvements in general are deductible. That's a federal law. So that's always good. And then I would check state by state. Um, I did do a project recently in New York and we did work hand in hand with um, the, the Historic Commission in Albany. So it does depend on... Yeah. Yeah. And so it, for my listeners, if you're in Arkansas, at least what, seven or eight years ago when we did ours, there is a significant tax credit available. Um, the only caveat to that is you do have, it has to be approved. You have to, you know, abide by certain standards to maintain, maintain the history of the home. But it's, it's totally worth looking into if you're in that type of home and you're looking to make any kind of improvements, I think. Right. Massachusetts um, offers tremendous uh, and encourages um, energy changes, especially. So if you're in a historic home wanting to make ener energy improvements, that that is they support that quite a bit. So yeah, I, I think it varies though, state to state. Wonderful. Well, I want to just to kind of wrap things up. I noticed that you mentioned several times about freshening up a space. And I, I love that. Like when any kind of older home, historic or otherwise, you want it to feel, you don't want it to feel old. <laughs> 
you want it to feel fresh, like someone lives right. there. It's occupied. It's it's a space for living rather than, you know, we've all walked into old places where you're like, oh my gosh, like. <laughs> um, so can you just kind of go back through what do you mean by that freshness? I know, I know you mentioned several things with floors, but can you kind of describe what you mean by bringing that freshness into the space? Because I think that's something that our listeners can really take home. Right. Um, one of my bigger historic projects was working on the first governor of New Jersey's home, um, William Livingston in New Jersey. And we went room by room and we over the last 10 years and redid all the rooms there. And even there, which is a period museum, right? We added fresh textiles. Um, we would go to New, uh, to New York and pull textiles from Brunchwig and Fee. We would pull textiles from Count and Tout. Um, from the historic um, textile and wallpaper firms that have been around a very long time and infuse the spaces with those kind of textiles. Now, th those can get expensive, right? But there are many knockoffs um, mm -hmm. that exist. And if you stay in that general genre and realm, you, you can add the same thing. So I would say textiles and wallpaper is the most easy mm -hmm. way to really freshen up a space. I love that. Well, thank you so much for um, coming on the podcast and sharing all of your experience and expertise. Uh, if our listeners want to find you, where can they find you, like your website and social media? So at the Red Shutters Marina Case on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, on my website is theredshutters.com. We journal every month about these kind of topics. So that's a great place to look in our blog, journal blog. and. Uh, mostly Instagram and Facebook and I'm LinkedIn too. Yeah. Okay. And TikTok. And I love TikTok. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I like TikTok too. Yeah. It's fun. All right. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here. If you're a woman physician who loves all things design and decorating, be sure to check out my private Facebook group, House Calls for Physicians, or you can visit my website at www.housecallsforphysicians.com.